Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? Back in the house talking Detroit Lions with the one and only Grifka. Grifka, we got some news and notes, and we got a big top. I'm talking a big topic for the show today that I think the people are going to enjoy. Grifka, how are you, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Just uh, recovering. That was probably one of the best Super Bowls watched in a few years. It was exciting. You know, uh, gosh, it was you know, just a good game, real good game. Yeah, no doubt, man. That was a that was a good one. It kind of went down similar to how me and you thought. We both had the Chiefs in the 30s, you know, the um, 49ers there in the 20s. I even texted somebody when it was 20 to 10 49ers, and I said, hey, look, watch Patty Mahomes get rolling right now. And dang, did he get rolling and kind of took that game over and ended up winning it. Uh, fun on both sides, but like you say, I just think the Chiefs roll out of bed and score points, you know, so it ended up happening again and real happy for a lot of the people I know that are lifelong Chiefs fans and cannot believe they won the Super Bowl. And Griff, could that leads me to a good point that we're going to get to in a little bit uh, with our Detroit Lions. So that's a teaser for everybody out there, but let's hit some news and notes off the top. Griff, could the wait, Detroit I, have, Lions... I, have, I got one for you. Sorry, I got one for you. Did you realize... Okay that the Detroit Tigers actually drafted Pat Mahomes. Did, did you hear that at all over the last two weeks? I, I don't know if you heard that. Oh, Grifka. Did, did you – can you say something – can you say that again, please? That, you know, did, I didn't know if people were aware that, you know, Pat Mahomes was actually drafted by the Detroit Tigers in baseball. Ah, you don't like that color. I don't like that color. Not a very good color. Griff, I heard something about baseball. Did I? Did I have to drop the hammer on you or what? Well, I, you know, another thing I heard as well is that Jerome Bettis is from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I, I didn't know if you were aware of that either. What? Are you kidding me? Like, you're going to blow the people's mind next and say that, uh, you know, Joy Bell was a security guard for the uh, Detroit Lions or something to that degree. Yeah, and speaking of our beloved Detroit Lions, did you know that Matt Stafford and Clayton Kershaw knew each other as kids? They're still good friends, but they show up at each other's games and stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh, Grifka. Like, we don't even need news and notes. That's that's breaking news. I need one of those sirens or something for that knowledge you just dropped on everybody. <laughs> exactly, right there, man. You need, like, a, a bell, and there should be a bottom line that people can, like, you know, mute everything else that's happening just to hear that breaking news that we just dropped on everybody. <laughs> Except I had to... Uh... I had to drop the Jim Rome hammer on you because you brought up the sport we shall not speak of. So, Grifka, before you do more of this... It drives me freaking bonkers. Can I get back to the news and notes? Yes. <laughs> All right. As I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted by uh, Grifka's amazing facts, I mean, just drop knowledge on all you guys. Grifka, I'm here to talk about the Detroit Lions signing a first-round 
pick, an offensive lineman, an offensive guard nonetheless, a guy that was drafted highly. He's a road grader of a football player. Joshua Garnett was signed by the Detroit Lions. He is, I mean, let me run down his bio, educate you before I get your takes. I'm sure you're going to have an amazing opinion on this guy. He is 6'5", over 300. It says five pounds. I think he's up in the 310, 320s. Um, he's, a, he's a road grading player. He played, he was drafted by the 49ers, 28th overall in the first round. Uh, he He's missed quite a few games from injury. I don't know, maybe three seasons worth. Um, he tried to come back last year. Uh, more injuries was cut. No one signed this guy. Nobody even remembered he was in football. Now he's on the Detroit Lions. I see some people out there super excited. I see people that know this guy is going to be, as you would say, camp fodder. Grifka, what do you think about Joshua Garnett in a Detroit Lions uniform? Is this a starting guard for us, or is this just a tackling dummy? Well, I don't think he's a tackling dummy, but I think it's actually a really good flyer, you know, taken by the Detroit Lions right here. I mean, like you mentioned. Like you mentioned, he hasn't been able to stay on the field, and he was, what, I think, out of football and didn't play at all last year. But he's only 25 years old. I mean, so he's not old. So if it's one of those things, like, I don't know if, like, he's, you know, completely healthy. I don't know if it's one of those things where he's just kind of got the itch again, you know, considering he was out of football. And then you, you always see those guys, like, once they get training camp starts. And we all we have heard how tough Matt Pat's training camps can be. You know, all of a sudden they're just like, well, I don't need this as you know as much as I, I thought I did. But I think I think it's a good flyer. You know, it's like one of those, like you said. I mean, I think coming out of Stan, out of Stanford, he was like he was the Outland winner, which is um one of the top linemen. You know, I think top linemen coming out of college for that award. So he was one of those players that was solid at Stanford. Good, like you said, a road grader, and um. Maybe he can turn out to be, you know, one of those guys. Um, I don't know. I'm sure you remember what's a Tony Mandrich, you know, the former first round pick, and you know, taken before Barry Sanders by Green Bay, and he, you know, he really kind of he fell out of football. Then he went back to the Colts, and he actually had like two or three decent years with them, and he was part of a solid line for them. So maybe it's one of those things he can kind of turn into that, where you know he's you know better than what we have, but he's not, you know. He's not a Hall of Famer or anything like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm mildly, mildly happy with this uh, signing. Before I get my answer, Grifko, who's a Hall of Famer offensive lineman you would normally reference on the show when you would say something like that? I usually go to the tackles because those are the guys that yeah, I really like. But if you're talking guard, my favorite guard when I was a kid was John Hanna. Um, played for the New England Patriots out of the University of Alabama, wore number 73. Um yeah, I mean, uh, at one point, he was, like, one of the guys that the New England Patriots were talking about as part of a trade for um, when John Elway came out. But um, the Colts were not going to trade within their division, so uh, John Hanna stayed with the New England Patriots. But uh, he is a Hall of Famer and probably one of the best guards ever to play the game. Uh, more recently, I'm looking more like Bill Fraley, oh played for the God. Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he's not a Hall of Famer, went to the University of Pittsburgh, played for the Falcons for a number of years, and I think he had one year just one year with the Detroit Lions at the end of his career. So uh, feel free, Lions fans. I'm sure you've heard of Bill Freilich, but if you want, um, you know, we're looking at, you know, um, you know, Bellwether, the guy you named, you're looking at John Hanagard. <laughs> okay. Now that you gave us some history lesson from 40 years ago, Grifka, can you just do the gimmick and talk about the, the tackle that you always reference on the show so I can hit the bell? Oh, Anthony Munoz, Jackie Slater. Those are your guys. Right. Orlando Pace is in there too, but oh, that's okay. Sorry, Orlando so, Pace, a little for the newer guys. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Classic Griff, everybody on the top of the show. And, and this is why I love doing the Detroit Kool-Aid cast so much because the fact that Griffka thinks this is a good flyer and he's on board with this makes me laugh so much because I'm the positive guy on the show. I'm the guy that always justifies everything. And I got no faith in this guy. Like, uh, okay, he was a first-round pick. How many times have we said that to each other? And then the guy comes in, and he's an absolute turnstile. He doesn't even make the make uh, make it to camp, let alone out of camp. I mean, okay, he's young. You know what else that probably means, Grifka? Because he hasn't played in forever. He's probably cheap. Uh, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to me. I don't think this guy can play at all. I remember when he came out. Yeah, he was. He was from uh, Stanford or whatever, right? And he, he had this pub, but he came in. He lost his job early. He started, but he was never what anybody expected. Like, I mean, I'm looking at the thing now, 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2019, basically like absolute nothing that this guy has done. I mean, he, he played, it says here, in 15 games, had 11 starts in 2016. The last three seasons, just absolute basic goose egg out of this guy. I mean, what's he going to come out of the mothballs and be able to just dominate on the on the right or the left side? I mean, I don't understand it. Of course, I would root for it, but I'm I'm sick of just bringing back first round picks and thinking that oh they're going to be good because five years ago or four years ago he was taken in the late first round. Like that that basically means nothing after like two or three years when you absolutely suck get hurt and get booted off your team for another scrub. I mean, I, I, I just love that we're on opposite sides of the fence than the people thought, but I, I can pray that this works, but I just, I just don't see it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad we both feel this way. You're just odd. This is obviously bizarre world. It's like bizarro Jerry right here from Seinfeld. <laughs> I mean, I know everybody's expecting me to go like, who's this guy? Get this guy out of here. Big deal. He'll be working the bowling alley, you know? So and you'd be like, yeah, this is great, man. He's cheap, man. You might turn into something. So yeah, this wasn't planned people. I just want to let you guys know that. Exactly. We'll, we'll see what, what happens. I mean, they need a guy like this to pan out. I just, I just can't keep counting how many times they, they do this. Sounds like, uh, sounds like that bum, uh, Greg Robinson. We got a few years ago where everybody was trying to justify it. Cause he was taken so high. It was like, this guy can't block. He's a clumsy, just klutz out there. I mean, uh, you know, I, you can't have that many injuries and then come back at a dominant level. Now, can I, could he maybe make the roster? Like, I suppose could he maybe, you know, end up, uh, you know, being a, a player that contributes? Yeah, but I I saw some people on Twitter acting like, oh, we just found this amazing diamond in the rough. It's like, yeah, you know, I I would be I'd be absolutely shocked. But I would, again, still unlike you, Griff, I wouldn't care that I was wrong. I would still be happy because it's my team. Um, and so it's a, still one of those things like. I wouldn't even call this guy. You're right. I still think he's like got to make the roster. He's not even like the wily veteran that's going to come in and help Bo Bush, you know, or Joe Dahl or something. You know, he's just he's here trying to make make the team. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a decent flyer. But you're right. I don't know. I was reading that same stuff on Twitter and like other people's things. Like, you know, this is the diamond in the rough. He's putting it. Yeah, okay, let's bump the brakes there. I mean. I like Kool-Aid myself, but I don't know what they're mixing it with. So <laughs> you just you just sold them high. What do you mean? All right, let's keep it moving. We got a lot more <laughs> to talk about. Grifka, I did this just for you, as you normally throw me under the bus on the Friday show with 
ambushing me with all these questions about people you know I can't stand, so I have to go on rants. So today I threw you with a bizarro softball and said, I'm going to tell it to you about a, a guy that you absolutely love. You shook his hand. I mean, you talk about this guy. You get something signed by him every time we go down to training camp like a uh, like a 13-year-old schoolgirl. Grifka, your boy, big play Darius Slay. I saw him on Jim Rome. I saw him all over the um, – media row whatever you want to call it down at super bowl and we're coming out after super bowl is over that the lions are looking to possibly give this guy an extension now like he he went from great player to malcontent to trade bait to eh player to okay he's, he's doing better to uh he'll probably be trading in the offseason to maybe they're going to extend him now like I, I mean talk to me about what that might look like are you on board uh this guy still have really good football left. I mean, where, where are you at with your boy, big play slate? Other than the handshake, we, we've been over that from a time, time or two here on the show. Um, I'm going to go two schools of thought here. The second one, you're going to need the backup music. Okay. Just let you know the, the conspiracy music, but uh, start it okay. off man. I, I love this. You know, once again, as long as they're not looking to like give this guy top dollar, he's not Deion Sanders, but you know, you know me, I love big play slay. You know, uh, my friends all tease me about the, you know, where's the finger wag whenever he gets, you know, whenever he, like, you know, does one of those things where he gets burned a little bit. It's like, oh, what, no finger wag? It's just like, yeah, wait, come back. He'll come back. But, yeah, it's just like, you're right, man. I try to hunt this down guy every training camp. I hope he signs a nice big fat contract, and I'll be asking him for some cash next time he signs something whenever I give it to him. But, uh, yeah, I love this, man, because I think um, it's one of those things where um, – He's, you know, I don't know how much, you know, it's talk like, oh, I want to, I want to retire here in Detroit. Cool, man. Cause a lot of the fans love you, including myself. So, um, I'm so glad that they're looking to resign him, you know, give him, um, a, a nice contract, you know, um, one that, you know, is, um, you know, is, you know, works for him, you know, can work for the team. I hope they're not looking to go all, like all cheap, cheap, but we're not, you know, I'm not looking, you know, to give this guy like, you know, break the bank, you know, top, you know, you're the number one cornerback in the league money either, but you know, I'm, you know, I like him, but you know, don't like him that much. So, uh, that's what I think of that. Before we get to part two, I got to follow up. So you're, you're doing your normal Grifka where you're saying he's good. He's a good player. I want to keep him cause he's good. Like, what does a contract extension look like for Darius Slay from a guy like you that never takes money into consideration or age or the fact that, you know, we have to always be turning over the football team? Like, what are you willing to give this guy? Dollars as well as maybe years rather than just he's a good player and you like well, him in his hand and well, you want him back. I don't know what – uh I mean, I don't take age. I'm not looking to sign some, uh, you know, 40 year old, you know, uh, cornerback at, you know, for like, you know, you know, 10 years, hundred millions of dollars or something like that. But, you know, uh, you know, I'm not stupid, but, uh, I'm talking, you know, somewhere, you know, gosh, you know, I mean, I think he, you know, was it guys trying to think was, I just saw something. I was just reading some today. Like, was it like Xavier Rhodes? I mean, out of uh, Minnesota, I think he makes like 14 mil or something like that a year. Went to Howard, Howard out of the Dolphins. Didn't he just sign some big contract extension, like 15 yeah, mil a year or something last something like yep. that? Um, you know, I'm you know thinking somewhere around there because I think Patrick Peterson, they said he was right there at like 14 million. And I'm looking at, you know, something like that, you know, at the beginning of it. You know, I, I, I know they've backloaded a lot of other contracts, so... Uh, I don't think – I don't know if they want to do that with this one. You might want to pay him a little oh, more up yeah. front, you know, like around $14 million up front here and, you know, like, you know, four, five years, something like that. 
<laughs> Grifka, you're going to give Darius Slay. You, you're GM of the Detroit Lions, and, and you're wanting to give him a four- or five-year extension for $15 million, maybe on average, because you like him, because he's good, because you shook his hand? I mean, th- that's a $5 million raise, and the guy's going to be here then until he's, what, 34? 35 is going to be playing corner for us for you because you you inked this deal are you kidding me so what are you thinking then like what nine million i mean that's a little no, cheap. he already makes he already makes 10 but i'm only giving him maybe a mill or two bump up and maybe two years you know two years He's added on from to 10 million to 11 million you think you're going to be okay with that because it's over three years. It's another three to five million in his pocket over the contract. I'm not what has he done that to get right now Hold on, wait. Yeah, he makes twelve. He makes twelve mil right now. He makes twelve mil right now. So if you give him another mil, he's at thirteen, and I said fourteen, not fifteen. I said, you know, so you're gonna go ahead give him another mil for two more years. Grifka, it's uh, on twelve of average. He's only gonna make around ten ish this year. That's why he's pissed because he already got all the big money. Now he's a lot lower, so he wants to be more. But like. I mean, even if you go 15 mil, that's like, hey, Darius Slay, here's 15 mil like for this year and next year. That's it. You can't give somebody a 33% raise at the age of, what, 29, 30 years old, whatever he is. Like, you just can't do it. Well, I mean, just... I know you love the guy, but come on. Okay, hold on a second here. I'm pulling up his age right now for you. Yeah, Plus, I'm we can have I'm unlimited not... funds. You're going to give him 15 million over a four year. Let's say you only gave him four years, 15 million. Yeah, like, so he's twenty nine. He's twenty nine going to this year. So he'll be thirty three if you give him a four year deal at the end of that, at the end of that contract. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, no so, way. I mean, two years plus this, and and maybe a couple mil bump oh, yeah. up years yeah, at max. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Here you go. Here's two years and another mil a year. That that should make you happy, right? No. <laughs> I mean, no. Do you understand how contracts work? Like the reason these guys want contracts is because then he's making 10 million for the next couple, almost guaranteed. Even if they cut him, you're still going to get a lot of that money when you resign. That's why they want to resign. They don't want to be on the one year like he is now. So you, you don't give people raises. So you sign him so you sign five, for two more you sign, you, you sign him for two more years and give him an extra mil a year? That's what you're saying? And he's you're just repeating yourself. It's not an extra mil a year. It's it's like you getting $10 to do this podcast for the whole year and me saying, hey, Grifka, I'll let you come back for two more years and give you a, a whole $20 every year. Like I not only bumped you up, but you're getting you're getting 20 more dollars <laughs> over the next two years, which like you're super happy about because you could just be done. So after. What, after what would your year? average be then? I, d- I just gave you my average. So what's your average? Oh, you my average to be on this podcast you said, with you a lot more than twenty dollars. No, 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 no. So what, what, what would yours be? What, what would your average be for two more years? You're gonna give him two more years till he's thirty-one. What, what would you want him to average for those two years? Considering what he just came off averaging twelve, but now he's down to ten. So what would you average him back up for those two years? Because you said you'd only sign him for two more years. He's got right. one more year, so, so you give him two more. Okay, so what would that average be? Because well, you know, I gave you a number, you just like you just threw out like an extra a bump like of a million dollars. So go ahead. So what would your average be? 
a bump of a million, but I also gave him 20 to $30 million more guaranteed basically in his pocket to stay in Detroit. I didn't, I didn't give him a million dollars and latch him down uh, in chains. You know, I'm still giving him 10 to $12 million per year with a little bit of a bump up. So, I mean, that's so where I would more be. guaranteed money. You're keeping him at 10 to 12 but more guaranteed money. I'm not, I'm not keeping him there. I'm just not bumping him up to 15. Like I, 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 I didn't feel like bump him up to 15. I said, you'd average 14 over four years and he'd retire here. <laughs> I mean, 31, oh, wow. 30, was it, was it, uh, was, was it, uh, 30, he's 29. He'll be 33. I mean, yeah, that's not terrible. Okay. I mean, I, I think your years are off because I just don't see, uh, you know, if he goes somewhere new, could he get that type of deal? Sure. If we're going to keep him here, I just feel like you're, you're getting the money back up to where he wants. But I, I guess part of it is just me not wanting to pay that that age of a corner, that type of dough for that long when I can know I could just address it other ways. That's probably where our issue is here. But um, like you say, I, I just don't think you realize what kind of investment that is sometimes when you throw it out there, like 15 for four years, you know, is, is a big investment in that type of player. For probably and, what your best offender. Yeah, I mean, a corner that doesn't get thrown at and doesn't affect uh, the game. on every play other than... He doesn't get thrown at because he's the better. He's the best corner they got. And so you're right. going to go sign some other corner who's better and have him thrown at him is what you're trying to tell me. Uh, I want, is that... I mean, you could just say he takes away a guy, but I, the counter is that if you're not throwing at him, okay, he's not getting his hands on the football. He's not being able to be a, a top player. He's just sort of out there. I mean, what, what does Darius Slay do when he's not, you know, getting his hands on a football and wagging his finger. He's just sort of there. Okay, he's doing his job, but he's not impacting the quarterback uh, from, you know, getting after him. He's just sort of taking away one other player on the on the team. So, yeah, I, I don't value corners as much as other people do, um, especially they get hurt more often. And we're in a spot now where we could reload in that area, especially if you get rid of them. If you get rid of them and get a great draft asset, I mean, you go turn over your corners and have, you know, three corners for what you're going to pay Darius Slay. They're above average. You know, that's, so, that's the so counterbalance. You're, you're, so, so the counterbalance is you're more than willing to just take up a, pick up a draft pick, hoping it turns out to be something good as opposed to a proven commodity. Who's not dog years yet. So that's <laughs> I'm not willing to that's what shell you're out. That, once again, Detroit, not Lions crack. Detroit Lions oh, fans crack is the draft pick. If we could trade this guy for draft picks, we know that draft pick's going to turn out to be something. We yeah, know yeah, it is. You know. That's, but that's just what you said. If you, if you get good drafts, once again, prospects are suspect until they do something. So you already have a proven commodity, but you'd rather trade that away for draft picks. Okay, because those guys will definitely turn into something. Okay. okay. Griffith, can I talk? Can we finish this? We, we got to keep it moving. The thing I said, if you listen to me on the show, was I said, if I'm not going to pay Slay, that gives me uh, – 10 or in your world, $15 million to play with and draft pick capital. So yeah, I'm going to take the draft picks and I'm going to take the money and I'm going to replenish my corners with younger guys that have upside and, and do it that way. I'm not just going to take three draft picks and think I'm going to get three studs. I'm going to take the, the $60 million over four years that you gave Darius Slay and help my football team that way. So like I say, Slay, I'd like him to stay here. I would be willing to give him 
two to three years at anywhere between, you know, you say, keep saying 12. I think if you, if he's at 10 now and you, and you take him either to 12, 13, 14 ish range over a shorter deal, I'm sure he'll be, you know, interested in that. And he could probably go on the open market and get, get more on, on a, on a deal like you're talking about, but not well, here. You, said you, just, you just don't want to pay him. I mean, that's fine. That's understandable. I, I got you. No, I do want to pay him. I just not going to keep him here for four or five years at that type of money you threw out is all. But it's not all guaranteed. You can cut the guy in the end. I mean, that's why, you know, like you said, I mean, it's not guaranteed. And, you know, a couple years down the road, three years down the road, the draft cap hit ain't as much. See ya. I mean, okay. but, but not guaranteed doesn't mean there's not ramifications on the back end. So that's why, why not, why not give them, okay, if we want to meet your demands, why don't we go 14 or 15 mil for two more years tacked on to the year he already has left three years at 15, save the year or two. Cause you did say four or five seasons and you, you pulled it back to four. So yeah, I can meet you there if you want to do it. Cause I do think he's a good football player and I think he's a good personality, but he'd have to be all on board for me to shell out that type of dough. Sweet. Perfect. Great. We're in a deal. Get out the paperwork, sign him up. I'll come and shake his hand. He'll be good again. There we go. We got it. All right. Worked Perfect. Hey, I go. got breaking news. I got breaking news. Did you know okay. that Pat Mahomes was drafted by the Detroit Tigers? I don't know. You might have heard it, but he was drafted <laughs> by the Detroit Tigers. Just let everybody know out there. I don't know if we heard that. Ay, ay, ay. Grifka. I'm out of breath. We didn't even get to your conspiracy, but we don't have time for it now. We got to take a break and we got to come back and talk to the people about some big, big news. I mean, right after the break. So uh, we'll be right back, everybody. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Everybody, we're back in the house. After our break, thank you to our sponsors. Grifka, the Super Bowl just ended. I thought it'd be fun on the show today for me and you to go back and forth and tell the people of what we envision for our Detroit Lions when it comes to not only getting to, but winning a Super Bowl. Now, before you talk, you're the guy on this show. Oh, poor me, old Lions fan. Give me credit for just hanging in there, negative until they do something. And then you got the T-shirts and the pom-poms out, drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. I'm the guy. Every year is next year. We're going to get it together. You know, no reason we can't win. So we obviously have different vantage points. But me and you both know that we want, believe, and we do this every single week here on this show to show the people that it's possible. 
Drink it in, man. So I'm here to, like, we're going to lay this down in some broad strokes for people of what it's going to be like when the Detroit Lions get to and win a Super Bowl. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs had not been there in 50 years, Grifka, and they just hoisted the trophy. So it can and it will happen. Grifka, I'll go to you first. Walk us through in some grandiose terms. How are we going to get – how is this going to happen? Because you know it's going to happen, and we're going to be on the show talking about it. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to take off the table the line, sell the team. Okay, that's never going to happen. So that's what we're going to have to live with. So, um, you know, well, no Martha. You know, she you know, she was obviously part of the uh, pregame commercial talking about something, and I, I think you saw that. So I thought of you when I saw that. But uh, first hey, thing Griffin, that's going to happen. I should save this until you hoist the trophy, but we might as well start the uh, the narrative off with this. Hey, Grifka. You know what my favorite uh, memory is going to be? When we win the Lombardi Trophy. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so if that's the case, Martha, we're going to have to make this turnaround quick because nobody knows how long you're going to be around for. Okay, so uh, I know that's with everybody, but you may, be a, you may be a little closer to hopping off the rail trail than the rest of us. So uh, let's just wait here. So the biggest thing's going to be. Hey, Grifka, you got to fight for your right. <laughs> Lombardi, woo! <laughs> you see Martha swiveling, swiveling her hips with the with the sunglasses on. When when I did that impression, is that what you saw? No, actually, I kind of envisioned like one of those old um, was it they show like the coaches dance? You know, like after like a basketball, like a college basketball win, you always see like one of those coaches that's like been around for like a hundred years, and he's like trying to move with the team and. You know, they all like everybody like jokes, and you know, I kind of envisioned that, but um, <laughs> she's kind of doing it with a walker. You know, you know what I mean? Like, so she's right. just kind of moving her shoulders a little bit more than anything. So, yeah, yeah, a little, a little, a little depth for 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 Martha. So, sorry, go ahead. What what what's this going to look like? The biggest thing, I, I, the biggest thing that Martha's going to realize that make this team work is like, no, it's not fire Matt Pat, not get rid of Bob Quinn. Okay, you know, we're going we're gonna to go with that is what we're going to do. I think the biggest thing is that she needs to stop, I mean, for lack of a better term, like listening to the fans. It seems like this 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 team, that's what they do. You know, a couple years, oh, get ready, get ready. And it's like, and you know, you have a you know, massive, you know, coach turnover, you know, something like that where it's just like let the guys you hired do their job. You know, you know put, put your faith in them. Okay, that's it. You know, to say something like that, you know, we just want to be competitive next year, you know, something like that. No, it's just like, let them do the job, you know, you know, something, you know, that. Because I'm sure, you know, these guys, you know, Quinn, for as much as people like he's missed on draft picks. No, he's actually done pretty, you know, pretty well on draft picks, I feel. Um, Matt, Pat, okay, man, it's just like, you got it. Turn that defense around, you, you have it. You know, one or two more signings, something like on the defensive line. Um, you know, I, I know the big one, you know, Chris Jones out of Kansas City, that would definitely help, you know, um, and, um, you know, something, you know, so, you know, something to the effect of, you know, was it um, get that offensive line, you know, especially the interior of it, the guard play beefed up. They already did that. They just signed a guard. Obviously, he's going to step in if you read everything that you know, a lot of people are saying online. So that's going to be the biggest thing. Right, right there. She's going to let. She's going to not meddle, not listen to the fans. She's going to let the people do that she hired. She's, she's going to let them do what she brought them here to do. What, what would you do You know, besides that? What would be your first step with them? 
Grifka, I got so many issues with your answer because if they listened to what the fans and people said or ever heard this show, they'd be all out of whack on some of your takes. And you said that that Bob Quinn's had good draft uh, history. All you do is bag on this guy in the draft. Every show that we do, you want to talk about his selection. So those are my two issues with you off the top. Now, you did let me do some Martha impersonations, which is always classic. Grifka, this is how it's going down right now. The Detroit Lions are going to have – just an absolute stellar off season. I mean, they're going to have one of those off seasons that you're looking back years later and going, man, remember that year when we just swooped in and got this guy and that guy and this skill player and this person, and like it changed our franchise. Yeah. That's how the off season is going to go. And then once they get into the, uh, they're going to get, you know, they're going to get all the hype in camp. They're going to be a little bit under the radar. And then when the season comes, like, you know how it is. The whole Grifka isn't like no one's going to be thinking that we're going to do anything. And it's going to just be this magic carpet ride where everything goes the way it hasn't for gosh knows how long. We're going to be healthy. We're going to be hitting on all cylinders. We're going to have a balanced football team, be able to play offense, defense. Every week you're not going to know what's coming at you, be able to get after the quarterback. And it's just going to be one of those things you're looking like mid-year and going like everything is going the way that we've always hoped for that. That's how it's going to start out right there. Like everything's going to be roses going to catch everybody off guard, except for, you know, the, the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers who are going to be like, yes, this is what we've been preaching forever. This is what we think is going to happen. And it's just going to be just going to be awesome, man. All the times we're talking about how hurt we are or how this player's not doing well, like all the guys who are waiting to fire are going to be firing. It's going to be something magical. Okay. Well, the, another big thing that's going to happen this offseason that's really going to help is that um, Tony Gonzalez is actually going to take TJ Hawkinson up on the uh, request of like, hey, anytime, anyplace, I'll come work with you. And be like, hey, they will get together. You know, Tony Gonzalez is going to teach TJ Hawkinson not to try to leapfrog a defensive back and then come down on his shoulder, you know, and be out for the uh, for the rest of the year. So um, his that, game is going to progress that nicely. Hawkinson, that TJ Hawkinson you often say is no Tony Gonzalez on the show. Oh, exactly. He's no Tony Gonzalez. <laughs> so that's why he needs to go work with Tony Gonzalez to learn how to become Tony Gonzalez. Ah, I got you. See? See how that works? Right there? Yeah. So th- that's going to be the next biggest thing. And then, you know, per you, you know, like your request, I mean, the one thing Daryl Bevel is on your speed dial, and you've requested that they use uh, Hawkinson more, so he's going to drop more plays for him. So uh, there, that, that, wow. will that will help you. There's, there's another big take, and that's only going to help the offense there. Grifka, you just did two TJ Hawkinson takes, and they were halfway positive takes as well. I mean, that that deserves this. Wow! 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 Thank you, Frank Ribble. You only got three of your four wows, and this is why. When the Detroit Lions win it big, you know what's going to happen, Grifka? They're going to do the exact opposite, kind of like how we started this show, where it was Bizarro Land, but not on purpose purposely the Detroit Lions are going to do everything the complete opposite of how Frank Ribble would do it via Twitter. They're going to avoid all of his draft uh, suggestions. They're not going to pick up any free agents that he likes. They're not going to pick up any late round flyers on the running quarterbacks from Kentucky. None of that is going to go down. And all of that is going to reward the Detroit Lions in a tremendous roster, often better than anything Frank Ribble can put together on fantasy football, even though I'm trying to coach this guy up and get him to the promised land. He gets it, but doesn't get it fully. But the Detroit Lions will get it when they put an amazing anti-Frank Ribble uh, offseason together and a great roster top to bottom. Well, you know, I can't 
can't debate with you on that take right there. I, I really can't. I, I, I like that. I, I'm definitely buying what you're selling with that take right there. So, uh, but I think so the biggest thing is going to be through preseason and jumping in the regular season. Like, how do you see it going now? You see them like losing a bunch of games in the preseason. You see them coming out guns of blazes in the season, or, I mean, I know you've already hinted that this is 2020 off season for you. So you're tipping your hand that the Detroit lions might be playing in super bowl LV, but we will, we'll get there when we get there. Like, how do you see the season and preseason showing up when, when you see this in your head, your crystal ball? I mean, preseason is going to be the same, you know, it's just going to be maybe, you know, one and three, two and two, you know, they're not going to be like the old, you know, lines when like, was it Marinelli was here and Morningwig, they're all like, we need to establish a winning attitude in the preseason. They would try to like do their best to win all the preseason games. It's like, yeah, okay, our crappy guys are better than your crappy guys. We got it, but those guys are never going to touch the field, so... You know, I can't wait that for that Detroit Buffalo game in Week Four of the preseason. It's always a oh, class. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. That, you know, considering those guys dress and they warm up, and then like none of them ever touch the field. That those are my favorite. But um, you know, once again, I mean, we haven't seen the schedule yet, so it's hard to really break down. But they're going to come out, and like you said, they're what the, I think they're the second to worst. You know, by Las Vegas right now to win the Super Bowl next year. So everybody's going to be like, oh, it's the Detroit Lions. Their coach sucks. You know, it doesn't matter. We don't care about them. What? They only got one primetime game, and that's the Thanksgiving Day game. Every other game starts at 1 o'clock, except the 4 o'clock start where they're out in Arizona again. You know, so, uh, um, so that's what it's going to be. And they're just going to, you know, they're just going to sneak around like a couple years ago where, um, like we always talk about it. We all know how much the bears suck and, you know, we know that, but there's something happens with a team when they start to win, you know, they get a lot of confidence and, you know, they, they pick up that mojo where like they can't be beat. And that's, what's going to happen with the Lions. They're just going to come out, you know, they're going to have one of those, um, I don't want to say tough luck losses early. We all start to question, but uh, it's going to be one of those things. Matt Pat's going to get a turnaround. They're going to, you know, get some mojo and they're going to, you know, they're going to win games that people aren't expecting them to win. A la Green Bay in Green Bay. They're just going to go up there, you know, see Aaron Rodgers before, you know, outside the stadium. They're actually going to slap him in the face, punch him in the face and take his candy. And then when they get him in there, you know, he's going to be, you know, calling his, you know, you know, calling out the defense and like Trey Flowers is actually going to punch back Yotomi in the, in the throat, grab his face mask. Nothing will be called because we all know how the Lions got screwed last year on that. And then he's just going to go sack Aaron Rodgers and take his candy. So um, they're going to they're sweep Green Bay next year because, you know, Green Bay, you know, uh, you know, even though they got all the calls this year, that's not going to happen, you know, next year. And they're just going to grab that mojo and they're just going to keep rolling and they're going to get a home playoff game, you know, because they're going to they're going to win the divisions. They're going to be one of the top two seeds. So they'll get the first round by, you know, and then they'll have to play like somebody, um, you know, I don't want to say like somebody from their division who who might somebody they could face in the second round. That'd be a tough game. Something like New Orleans at home. And, you know, they'll beat New Orleans because, you know, New Orleans is you know really good in the Superdome and Darius Slay is going to be locking down. Michael Thomas, and he's going to be wagging a finger at him all day, and you know, and, and, and so yeah, I mean, that's what's going to be. I hate, and, to stop you. I hate to stop you, but I have to. If you had if me going, were, man, you had me going. I was, in, I was in, a, I was in, I was in, a, I was in a, like a euphoria right there, man. Cornbread, <laughs> Grifka. If if New Orleans came to Detroit, so they weren't playing in their home, they'd probably be not that. Uh... They not that great. <laughs> Exactly. Let, let me get back to my narrative. So Grifka, let me throw out a couple of players that are going to dominate in this magical season. Grifka, I see my boy, Kenny Galladay, having a down season, having a little bit of a step back, having a little bit of a um, 
seeing a lot of attention, so maybe the numbers aren't there. But do you know who I see blowing up, Grifka? It's that man, Carry On Johnson. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. I see Carry On doing exactly that, and that's Carry On the football for over 1,200 yards. Carry On my wayward son. I see him catching the football for another 500-plus yards. Carry On my wayward son. Oh, baby. And he's going to be a bounce-back football player that people were ready to write off. They acted like he didn't have any talent. He's been hurt. And instead, we're back to, hey, I think we got our running back. So that's going to happen. The other guy that's going to blow up is a guy that is near and dear to both of our hearts, Grifka, and it's TJ Hawkinson. Oh, my goodness. I've been watching some Travis Kelsey. I've been watching everybody love up on George Kittle. Grifka, when we make it to the promised land, TJ Hawkinson is going to be an absolute nightmare in the middle of the football field, catch and run, scoring touchdowns. He's going to get the Hawk spike going just like a certain guy in New England used to do. The fans are going to love it. There's going to be T-shirts left, right, and center. And, man, every week I'm going to have to go, Grifka, we got to keep this thing moving. We can't have you loving up on TJ Hawkinson anymore. we got to talk about other things, and you're just going to be in love with this player. So that's what it's happening. I'm on board with you. A top seed, a home playoff game, come in there. And you said beat up on New Orleans. Grifka, you know who I want in round one in the forward field? Round two? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Give what? me that bye. Give me that bye. And then in round two, give me the – Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I got so many teams I love to beat up in round two. But you know who I really want to beat up? <laughs> this bum, the smug son of a you-know-what from Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> in round two, a good old NFC North battle when the Cheddar Boys come to Detroit and we take that fifth, ball it up, snatch their lantern full of uh, chocolate treats, and absolutely give them a right fist and win that football game to propel us to the NFC North Championship. Woo, what else you got? Well, after they beat uh, New Orleans in the uh, division round, then they'll go to the championship round. And um, let's see, who would uh, who would be a good team for them to beat up on there? I mean, uh, gosh, uh, gosh, I would really love to see them beat San Francisco. I'm going to say this. They're going to go out to San Francisco and win that oh. game. And so you're going to hear all this garbage about Richard Sherman, how he didn't want to come to Detroit because he didn't like the Patriot way and blah, blah, <laughs> the Detroit way, blah, blah, blah. And so that's what it'll be. And so Richard Sherman, you're going to be seeing, you're going to be seeing Marvin Jones run by him. You're going to be seeing Kenny Galladay run by him. And, you know, that's, that's what it'll be right there. And, you know, A little some bit of reason. Yeah, they'll have to pass the ball a lot because I think the I think the 49ers will be able to shut down the run. Plus, they'll have to keep carrying on carry on in there to help Taylor Decker block Yo Bosa. So um, that they'll have to do that. But uh, other than that, you know, you know, Stafford's just going to throw the ball around the field. It's just going to look like a backyard football game where it's just like you know, hut hut, and he's just chucking it, and you know, Lions are going to Super Bowl. You know, going out to San Francisco and beating San Francisco. So. Yeah, I I would love it when one of our guys goes up to Sherm after the game and says something to this effect. Know your role and shut your mouth. 
<laughs> that would be classic. He would have nothing to say. I mean, he's had his moments after football games, giving it right back to him. Hey, you mad, bro? You mad? <laughs> but this is how I see it going down in the NFC title game. It would be our Detroit Lions, again, in Ford Field, hosting against, oh, yeah, I've been waiting to say this for a long time. I sure hope he's listening. Detroit Lions in Ford Field against the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh, Jera in Ford Field, uh, where we can sling it, we can run it, we can play defense. They're coming in there with all their players, you know, all the people the NFL loves. Aren't you? Uh, don't you know that, Grifka? They come in, they're feeling like they're going to take care of us, and we just absolutely do like we did back in the day and drop a good 30 plus on them. They never even get out the gates. I'm talking like 35-14 in this football game. It's never even that close. We're putting on shirts and, and, and championship hats before it's too late there in the fourth quarter. Matt Pat getting the Gatorade bath. The Detroit Lions, Grifka, are heading to Super Bowl LV against – go ahead, sir. It's got to be, man. It's got to be the Las Vegas Raiders. They're going to oh be taking on the Raiders. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be the Raiders after the Raiders signed Tom Brady. And um, Tom Brady's going to lead the Raiders to the Super Bowl <laughs> against the Detroit Lions. But, um, you know, um, it's going to be a little different magic, you know, than, uh, you know, than what uh, Brady thought. You know, it's like, hey, he's riding that whirlwind again. He's picked up on some other team. It wasn't just Bill Belichick. But, you know, uh, you know. Matt Pat knows how to beat him, so he's going to, you know, put this defense together. And, you know, the Raiders, you know, they're going to be a good team. and But, you know, it's just not going to be their, their year. It's going to be another one of those things where they put, you know, Stafford decides to put him on his back, you know, sling the ball all around the field. They're not going to be able to stop our wide receiving core. You know, Carrion's going to bust loose. You know, he's going to bust for like 125, have a nice – he's going to bust off one of those long touchdown runs too that we see every once in a while, you know, like a 65-yard or something like that. That's what you're going to be looking at right there. And, and the, you know, it's just going to be the Lions. That, that's it. Nobody, so, Something nobody saw coming, you know, out of the blue, beating up on the Raiders. And everybody's like, oh, the Raiders are going to win this. The NFL has this rig for the Raiders since they just went to Las Vegas, blah, blah, blah. And Detroit's going to come in there and win it. And everybody's going to be, you know, fall down, you know, and they're going to be stunned. You know, that's all it's going to be. And, like, Detroit and, like, all of Michigan's going to be, like, just one big, you know, it's just going to be so noisy that it's going to send, like, you know, it's like on the Richter scale. You know, when they're cheering, it's just going to make everything shake because that's what's going to happen. Oh, my goodness. So let me help you out a little bit. That Raiders call Grifka. Grifka, in a shocker, has the Detroit Lions winning Super Bowl LV against the Oakland Raiders. Las Vegas. Uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I love it. I, I don't see the Raiders uh, getting there, but I love it that the Detroit Lions be hoisting that trophy. Now, before I get your reaction to that W, Grifka, what your your post-victory plans would be, where you would be at in the parade, I would finally get to talk to you where you have, would have nothing negative to say about the team. This is how I see it going down, Grifka. I've already beaten the Green Bay Packers, my Detroit Lions, have taken care of them in Ford Field. They've taken care of the storied, the historic Dallas Cowboys, who haven't won anything in 20-plus years. And they have moved on to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl LV against... Grifka, this is a no-brainer. Against the defending, the reigning, defending Kansas City Chiefs and... 
the NFL, NFL wonder boy, Patrick Mahomes. All that speed, all that Yiga morale that they talk about with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Detroit Lions walk in there like Connor McGregor and wagging their arms and, and just come after him. They get after the quarterback. They keep up with him with points. And this game comes down to the final drive. Number nine with it in his hands, down three, drives the Detroit Lions down, throws a back uh, corner fade to Kenneth. Galladay, he goes up and snatches the football, comes down, get those puppies in. That's a touchdown. The Detroit Lions, Grifka, after so many Kool-Aid casts, so many years of rooting on the team, have won the National Football League's biggest prize, the Vincent Lombardi trophy held up by players like Matt Stafford, like Kenneth Galladay, like Carry Out, like Hawkinson, like <coughs> excuse me, like Jared Davis, <laughs> like Jelani Cavani. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So when Matt Stafford gets it, he's holding up the trophy. Does he goes this one's for Martha and hands it to her? <laughs> there is no question. Martha grabs the microphone from Jim Nats and says. I finally won my most favorite memory, and that's today, where I won the Lombardi Trophy. Yay! <laughs> you know, it would be sweet if she started rapping like the rapping grandma from uh, from the Adam Sandler movie, the wedding singer, starts singing like Rapper's Delight. That'd be sweet. <laughs> she may rip off Travis Kelsey's catchphrase and shove it right down his face after we beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. In my scenario, who knows what she may do? That's you got to watch out for people that wear sunglasses twenty four seven. Grifka, that's how it's going down post Super Bowl. Let's wrap this up. What are you doing? What are the feelings like? We finally reached the mountaintop. I don't. I I don't know. I know it's just like You're not quite for sure. Well. I mean, you don't want to talk about the sport that can't be talked about, but I just know at that point, it was just no. almost like, it, after that happened for me, I was just like, I was <laughs> jumping up and down. I was more like, it was almost kind of like a sense of relief almost. And it was just, it, it, have, you, have you seen the movie Remember the Titans? Have, have you seen the movie Remember the Titans? After they win the I've championship. I can't. I don't know. Well, a- after after they win like the state title, like Gary Bertier's like in his hospital bed, you know, and he just like puts his arms out, you know, and he just like looks up. That's kind. Of, <laughs> I think that's kind of what I would do. You know, I'd be like, you know, Dad, you know, we sat and watched so many games, and you know, I miss you. I wish you were here to watch this with me. You know, something like that. I wouldn't be one of those guys going outside like. You know, running into traffic or something stupid like that, man. There's, those cars will hurt you, man. I mean, I can't understand why people do it. And I'm not lighting my couch on fire either. It's my furniture. I bought it. Why the hell am I going to just destroy it? I'm sure the insurance adjuster is going to be like, just how did your couch start on fire in your yard? Oh, something that's spontaneously combusted. Can you give me money for a new one? I'm dumb. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking that, you know, I'd just be like almost like a sense of relief. And then I would be like, I'd be you know, calling all my friends, and, you know, like, what the hell just happened, man, is what, is what I would be doing. Like, you know, is it real? And, you know, like, did, did, did that just happen? You know, something like that. 
Oh my goodness, Griff! I got to call BS on that. You, you're not going to be calm, cool, collected when this goes down. Because when this happens, especially the way that we've laid it out for the people, it's going to be something spectacular. There's no way you're not going to be shouting from the rooftops. Or you know, again, I I don't ever understand furniture burning guy. Like I I don't know what enjoyment's like. Yeah, my team won. Let's let's light my furniture on fire. <laughs> It has no correlation. It's not even like you're you're lighting the fire of the other person's jersey. It, it, it makes no sense in regards to sports or any type of happiness. But uh, you know, it reminds me when the when the Pistons won. You know, I was a big Piston fan back then. I was I was just crazy. I was driving. I had the I had the music blaring from my car. The Piston music. I was downtown Royal Oak. I was going crazy and like. You know, I don't know that I would be totally there, but I'm definitely that. That's a moment where, like you say, I don't even know how because I, me and some friends have always said, like, if and when they get to the Super Bowl, that we're gonna we're gonna go there regardless. So I would see myself like being there in person to witness it, but the party would not stop for weeks and months and years on end. It would be like the See, I wouldn't have the relief. I would have the sense of, like you said, you just hang, you hung in there. It came to fruition. Nobody thought it would. Super bunch of excitement. And then, like every year after, would feel so different because it wouldn't be the, the SOL. It wouldn't be the oh, you've never won one. We'd be right in the mix with everybody else. There's lots of teams that only have one championship. You know, they don't have these multiple rings. So. Gosh, it would just be so incredible. You know, definitely the city would be something like we could never even imagine. Like you, you think, oh, it would be, you know, kind of like that, you know, when the wings won. No, this would be absolutely nuts from the top to the bottom of the state of Michigan would just be Honolulu blue. I mean, all the people would be absolutely doing this. Drink it in. <laughs> I mean, there would be there would be this everywhere. Cornbread, cornbread, cornbread. <laughs> it would be it would just be great, man. We would have to be everywhere. As that whole uh, celebration went down, and then my one of my favorite moments would be firing up the Detroit Kool Aid cast and getting your reaction live on air. Um, that that's that's gonna be something else when that happens. Yeah, that would. Uh, yeah, it's just like you said. I, I I don't know. I just like I said. I know I'm not gonna run out into traffic like stupid people do. I I I know I'm not going to do that. So you can mark that down. I'm glad for that, but if you do, that would give me an out to get a new host or a co-host. So, like that, that, that there, there would be a you know with the Honolulu, maybe a little silver. Wait, are are you saying you're gonna be waiting outside my house in a running vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're jogging, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, whatever happens, happens. I guess at that point, but no, I. Uh, I'm totally with you. I just think, I think we laid it out for the people, man. I'm almost sweating over here, not only thinking about it, but with the energy we brought, we just laid out the plan of attack in 20. We both went with the 2020 game plan. This is no like, Oh, maybe in six years we'll get it together. Oh, Hey, that maybe they'll surprise us next year. And then the year after they'll, they'll win the chip. No, in 2020, the season of 2020 Super Bowl, what is that? 55, uh, I forget where it is. Is it in Tampa or somewhere like that? That's always Tampa or Miami or, or California, one of those main spots. So I believe it's in Tampa. There will be a Super Bowl trophy hoisted by our Detroit Lions. We just laid it out for the people. Griff, I got nothing left, man. You got anything else to say? You got anything else for the people? Uh, Nope. <laughs> I was like curious if you were going to break the streak and go there. But 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 you played the hits, which I love. Played the gimmick. Griffka. 
It's a fun show, off the board show, off the radar show. We just finished Super Bowl, and we just took our Detroit Lions to the big game, took that trophy home for all the fans of Detroit. People, it will happen. I believe it will happen, and uh, we drink that Detroit Kool-Aid all day. So thank you so much, everybody. Check us out on Friday. We'll be talking all things Detroit Lions, news and notes. Krifka's got some questions and topics for me. It's going to be a show you don't want to miss. So drink it in. Have a great week. Catch us on Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care. We're out. Drink it in, man.